Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Midpoint, our weekly podcast here at Faith City Church. And I'm happy to be talking to Ben Margeson today, our youth and even song pastor. And we're looking back at our message from Sunday, which was installment of our series on Walk on Water. So, Ben, we'll jump right in. What did you think of the message and uh, what stood out to you? Oh, love the message. Loved hearing, especially about Paul's roller coaster endeavors and the fear that comes with that. I have never been scared of roller coasters, but I have had lots of fears and I still uh, have some of them, including I'm kind of scared of the dark. I'll be honest, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Scared of the dark. (laughs) Are you a coaster guy? Uh, well, yes, I guess so. I'm less so now than I was when I was younger, but part of that is access to them and love going on rides. But yeah, I I would say yes. I have been to Cedar Point in Ohio. So the uh, top top dog of uh, the roller coaster world, if you will. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, those coasters at Cedar Point, I haven't had the chance to head there, but there's a, a relatively new dive coaster, which is if one doesn't know what a dive coaster is, I didn't know until I went on it. But basically it can have like one inversion or or something beforehand. But the whole point of the coaster is you go up very, very high, you hang out up there and then it dives down. And uh, there's one at Canada's Wonderland. I won't recall the name, but it's kind of like some sort of like lumberjack theme, I think. And it was for a year, the tallest dive coaster in the world. But it's been since displaced, I believe, by one in Dubai by a couple of feet. But it was amazing. I loved it so much. I went on and this was like only two years ago. I went on it. Diane and I were there for our anniversary. I went on it. We went on it like five times like in a row. The lines (laughs) were really short and I liked it so much. It was really cool and uh, terrifying all at the same time. But illustrates the point that when we get used to something and familiar with it, in order to find that feeling of exhilaration again or satisfaction or whatever you want to say, we do tend to look for something bigger and better, so to speak, if I can use that language. And I really believe that that is part of what is being communicated through the story of Peter. And that I think it's not a stretch to infer, though I am inferring this, but But based on the experiences Peter had with Jesus, then these like amazing exploits that he did post Christ's ascension, they make sense to me. Like, of course, this guy was going to go out and like, you know, have this amazing groundbreaking experience and then receive the spirit, be one of those 120 up there and then preach the first message that was a revival message and, and saw the church begin. Though I know some of us sort of debate, did the church begin when the spirit descended? Did the church begin when Jesus left? Or did the church begin in Acts chapter three? I'm not too concerned. All I know is that Peter was there early on preaching and people got saved. So on that note, and then like Ben, you listen to the message, you know, how does that sort of play out for you? Like some of the things that were talked about, you know, we talked about familiarity. We talked about this need to and on an ongoing basis, you know, be willing to step out of the boat. You know, we talked about a few different things. We talked about the wind. Um, I likened that, and I think it's inbounds to liken the sound of the wind, to look at that through the, the prism of opposition that we hear at times. You know, there may be other sort of examples that people might want to insert there, but what were your thoughts on some of those chunks of the message? Yeah, I love the way that you, I guess, unveiled this portion of the story and talked about how your senses, and I totally agree with this, is 
that Peter wasn't taken back and he wasn't scared until he noticed around him. The actual thought of like listening to Jesus and stepping out was just like, oh, this is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to follow Jesus and step out into this. And I know from my own life, I've seen so many times where the initial step and when you hear something from Jesus is exciting and you want to do it. But then once you have a setback or once something hits, then it can be like, oh, maybe I wasn't supposed to do that. And I've even seen times in my own life where I've probably ventured out further and knew it was a little scary, but maybe I was like kind of floating above. And then I actually have retreated to the boat, whether that's because I stopped investing, I got quote unquote busy in life and wasn't taking enough time to actually focus on Jesus, got too caught up in all of the day-to-day or even pushing into what I thought was really doing God's work when I wasn't taking the time. And that was actually making me retreat back into the boat and almost having the reversion of not being risky in the good way and, and looking for the bigger and better. Right. I think that we all can relate to what you're saying there if we stop long enough to really think about it and reflect on it. At least those who are following the Lord and wanting to pursue him, there comes that moment of decision. And we think that there's only one moment of decision when we choose to follow Jesus, but there are all these other moments of decision that follow (laughs) that. And so, I mean, we follow Christ, we can stay comfortable in the boat. And I believe our eternal salvation is secure and all of that. And yet we are called through the Great Commission to engage others with the gospel, which is what we're likening you know, traversing these storms and and going from one side of the body of water to the other side, we're likening that to fulfilling that call, all with our unique design. And I think it's interesting what you mentioned there about stepping out and then feeling like, uh, okay, maybe I need to like, this isn't working or whatever. One thing I was thinking about when you were saying that though, is also desire. Like how desire plays a part in that when things are, we get the excitement of Lord, I think you're in this. And he says, yes, I am. However, he does that. And we know that God is in it. And we start to take steps towards fulfilling that. And it might not be as dramatic as being on the water with Jesus. And I wonder, Ben, as you said that, and as I'm thinking of this, is is there you know, a moment, could there have been a moment in Peter's life when that happened to him as well? And I think that we have obvious ones. All of this predates Peter's denial of Christ. Yeah. Right. Those moments where you're with Jesus. No, 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 no. I'm not one of them. And then even like going so far as to like use language that wouldn't have been coming of a follower of Christ. Right. (laughs) To demonstrate that, no, I'm not with him. And I want like right in that moment. Right. Like what happened to the walking on water, um, Peter? And I take so much solace from that because I think that what has held some of us back is that we do fail. Yeah. Yet, because we don't frame the failure in learning, we get ashamed of it. And I think that that is something else that by extension, it's not in the text that we read on Sunday, but in the text that we've read previously, where Jesus restores Peter after his denial, we see that Christ sets that all back in place to relieve that shame. And so I think that desire can begin to play a part in this whole thing of doubt we start to not feel it anymore yeah so then ah maybe it's not god yeah i do think that a lot of the times we let our feelings lead us in the right way to start and then when we're not feeling it the same way anymore even though we now have the knowledge 
that like God is in it and it's moving forward. And like, Peter's like, Oh, I'm actually on top of the water. And then we're like, uh, Oh, I don't know. And because we don't have the right sense anymore, even though God said yes and do this and go forward that somehow we don't link the desire and feeling that we had initially with continued desire with the head knowledge and the affirmation that God has actually already been working and moving in something. Yeah. And I think that the society that we live in, the carnal side of our nature, which is just the, I guess the broken side might be an easier term to understand, like the broken side of our nature, it works against all of this, right? So Paul said, I don't have the scripture reference in front of me today, but he did say that I do the things I don't want to do and the things I want to do, I do. And any of you that are listening, just go ahead and Google it and Google will provide you the reference for sure. It's something that Paul said. And that stands out to me because in his writings, he talks about the thorn in the flesh. He talks about the weaknesses, as do the other epistles as well. I, I pick on Paul a lot because Paul makes up so much of our, of our New Testament. And so he talked about these things at length. And yet in our society at times, if we're, as we've said before, if we're weak, those would become disqualifying factors. And they're not. They become limiting factors, but in Christ, they're not. And yet what begins to happen to us is we get into the process and then we get tugged by the society that we live in or the the standards that we have about what matters and what doesn't matter, what qualifications we have to have and what qualifications we don't. And all of a sudden that word doubt And this is where, folks, it really does pay to dig into the Greek sometimes. If you're wanting to read your Bible, like at a different level, I would encourage you, if you're old school, buy like a concordance, uh, Strong's concordance. And if you like the internet, then I think it's just Blue Letter. Ben might even know. I think it's blueletter.com. We'll get the link for you here in a second. But it basically allows you to look at original language and kind of understand Greek when it's translated has many words that it could be. So this word doubt, Really, the Greek word talks about being pulled in two directions. And I just feel like, oh my goodness, as someone who loves writing and reading, like what a brilliant way of this story being conveyed. And we're talking about the waves and here Peter left the boat. Now he's heading towards Jesus and doubt wasn't just, I'm afraid and I'm doubting. It was like the pull of something back in one direction and the pull of something else in another direction. And what is going to win out? That's really the crux of it is what is going to win out in our life. And so it's not about, and this is something that I didn't get to talk about Sunday. So this is why I love this podcast, because then I get to talk about some of the things that I didn't get to fit into the message. But what is going to win out for you? Mm. Is it going to be the fear or is it the drive to like, oh, I want to experience this. I want to get on the roller coasters with my daughter. So I need to go through this. So that desire for me to be on the coasters with my daughter outweighed any desire to be on a roller coaster before I reached that tipping point. And that's my prayer for all of us is that we reach the tipping point where we'll do things afraid. The book of Timothy talks about how God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. But it doesn't mean we're not afraid. What that verse is really telling us, I believe, is that like the Lord isn't the author of our fears. He hasn't sent fear into our life, but it doesn't mean that fear isn't here or that it doesn't exist like sickness. We could talk from a theological basis about the origin of sickness, which in fact, I think we've done at times. And, And so it's the brokenness of the world. It is our fallen nature 
that causes us to have to deal with all of these things. And so the idea that we're not going to be afraid to do something that God has called us to is, I think, the idea that we have to challenge most in our lives. Otherwise, we'll always sit on the side of the boat and say, well, this can't be God. Like, this can't be God because look how scary it is out there. Yeah, I I just agree. Also, amen. Uh, and- <laughs> I'm going to edit this line out, I think, perhaps. Folks, Ben doesn't love my messages as much as you think. He's always like, I love this. I love how you said that. He's so nice, but he does disagree. He just tries to be be a good sport on this call. No, no, no. I agree. I love that idea. And I think it's so empowering and grace-filled to hear that it's not that fear doesn't exist and you're not going to have moments of fear. It's that God is not the author of your fear. And I just love that you said that. So that's why I said, I agree and amen. So no, I don't disagree with the point. Uh, (laughs) It's just funny. Okay. So people don't get this, but when I go back and edit and I'm listening and then, and you won't realize this, but then so much of the time, like after I've said something, Ben just comes back with, I just, I just totally agree. (laughs) I've actually had to edit it out a few times because I was just like, no, no, you can't, you can't just keep agreeing with That's me. That's fair. Every and I'm sure time, we but. will have lots of disagreements, especially the more we become familiar with tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep it secret. And I think on the two directions front, that the two directions go so many ways. And I think oftentimes my brain instantly thinks like, oh, two directions, it's materialism or Jesus. But I think thinking of, not that that's not a thing, and some of that might be fear of missing out on what the world is consuming. And in so many ways, I think that that two direction front fear is so quintessential in that, that we're, we're scared. We're not actually living the way that everyone else is living. And then that's conflicting. And even on the point of like the Paul thing, like I don't want to do and like that whole deal, I can't remember. I feel like it's one of the Corinthians books, but just that idea is like, oh, we want to be dragged down by so many things that the world Mm -hmm. values that we see people around us enjoying. We think it's them enjoying it, but really they're sinking. Well said. And I feel as though that challenge of do it afraid is important for us. And I feel that what we see playing out in Peter's life here looking at it from our context, or at least looking at it from our position in history, being able to look back and and then read the writings of the Bible and, and the New Testament in particular, following this interaction that Peter and Jesus had, was actually, I think, a demonstration of why Jesus said, Peter, you know what, you're a rock and on you, I'm building the church. Because it demonstrated a maturity in Peter that it seems the others didn't have, at least not at that time. Because he was the only one to say, this could be Jesus. Mm. This could be Jesus. If this is Jesus, Jesus, then tell me to come. And we talked about this in the opening message. That to me, that, that level of discerning or opening ourselves up to discernment to say, is this Jesus? We never fully know. We never fully know. And so isn't it true that a part of our maturing in the faith is to understand the Bible to understand that framework and then to begin to understand when is it that God is moving and working in our hearts and lives. And as, as people who believe the whole Bible, full gospel, Pentecostal, whatever terms you want to put on it just means that we believe the Bible is for today. We believe God is still speaking. We believe the Holy spirit is active and working in our lives here on earth. If we believe that then God is still speaking. 
Now, what he says, he won't contradict himself. So what he is saying has been said in the word and yet, but he's still speaking. So he's still giving creative ideas. He's still at work. And so we have to work through the process of discernment. And I'm beginning to wonder if really, and this is where we'll begin to wrap up, but if really being in the confines of the boat has something to do with, I'm just not ready to hear anything new. I love Jesus. You know, God did some of these miraculous things in my life early on. Like even for people in ministry, I've sat with pastors who are like at the retirement age and they're terrified because they don't know what they're going to do next. And as a maybe slightly younger person in ministry, I very annoyingly encourage them. The same God that spoke to you and called you and told you all these crazy, amazing things and demonstrated his faithfulness all through your ministry. It's the same God that's got you now. Like, yeah, like, Lord, help us all to to be there. And now that I said that today, tomorrow, I'm sure the Lord's going to challenge me with some situation that I have to trust him in. And he has done that before. But that's the part of being mature and being able to discern the voice of God. Of course, it's going to line up with scripture. So that's our first clue that it's God, because it's not outside of the realm of what we understand as good theology from the Bible. So that's a safeguard. But there is like an element of, well, should you be an artist or should you be a cop? I don't know. And maybe God is okay with either choice, or maybe he's got a specific purpose for you because you just love the arts. And so you just, you want to do that. But somebody told you that not to pay the bills, you know, be a security guard, be a policeman. We need good people in the police force, which is true. But, you know, you have all this other pressure on your life. Yet Jesus is saying to you out on the water, no, like paint. You're meant to paint. You need to paint. But we aren't able to necessarily discern that. And that might not be the best example, but we're not able to discern that because we've got into this place of in life where we're either unwilling to or we're too afraid, whatever the case is. But something is keeping us in the boat of conventional Christian experience rather than something beyond that. And the funny thing is, Ben, before we get your comments, is the book of Acts is completely unconventional. (laughs) Yeah, the book of Acts is very unconventional and feels obscenely countercultural, both to obscenely. the time. Obscenely. <laughs> obscenely in the sense of like for its time, the way that they were distributing wealth and like spreading out goods and really taking far more intentional time together. And Somebody out there is saying, did they swear in the book of Acts? Like, I didn't know that. Did they really? <laughs> Obsc- yeah, obscenities might be the wrong context, but by obscene, I meant it would have been quite the shock. Of course, man. And... I think even to some sense in my life, I've let some of the cultural norms get in the way of maybe some of the ways that they lived in X. I think you're right. I think that I don't think that's just you. I think it's all of us and beyond like, you know, those who whom we love who are listening today and who followers of Jesus attending church, maybe attending Faith City Church. This is something that we all face, like us as pastors in the church, you know, in a different way. One, as just like everyone, followers of Jesus, but then two, as those that are called to to minister to the church, uh, to provide support and serve others. I feel like we regress so often to what's conventional, to what's been done, to all these things, rather than really saying, Lord, what is it that you've asked us to do as best we can, you know, to say, what is it you're trying to tell us? And, and the Lord is so faithful to do that. But if we're waiting for us to not be scared and to feel so good about everything that he's calling us to, I just feel like that is not the way to go. But I could be wrong, but I feel that's not the way to go about discerning 
what the Lord is asking of us. Every time that God has asked me to step out and to do something at every point in my life, and again, my life is just one story and anecdotal. However, every time that I've been sort of at that crossroads, it's not been easy. It's been, it's been terrifying at times, especially yeah. initially until I knew that Jesus would reach out and just grab me like he did Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And he's been so faithful. And I say it again, that is not a negative thing. Even as I was researching this passage, so much of the commentary and research on the passage, particularly some of the older commentaries on Matthew 14, talked about Peter's faltering and talked about, you know, this was what Peter was like and began to doubt and like all, you know, in very negative, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say very, but a negative slant on his behavior. And I would even argue that some of the new stuff too is still too far bent that way. When I look at this and say, oh my goodness, this guy walked on water. Like, how is that lost on us? He actually got out there and walked on water well, but he sank. Like, I feel like I could just, I could hear people in the church saying that, oh man, they're stepping out to do this thing. Just wait till Ben gets here and even song. Oh, they're going to add a second even song someday. Oh man, this is not going to work. Look, look, it, they had to stop doing it at that campus. They're moving to another campus. They sank. Oh, look at them. They sank down. Like, I, I just don't understand it. And then I think that is why people are so concerned about trying something. Yeah. Because it's our own opinions that get in the way. Yeah. And a little bit back to your point, but I think it's related to this, your point about we're never uh, 100% sure if it's actually Jesus. And like you said, like the filter of, okay, is this a biblically good thing to do? It's like, oh yeah, it is. So at the very, I heard someone say this one time, or maybe I've conflagrated a few, I don't know if that's a word. Conflated? Conflated, conflated thank you. Um, look at me. First conflated. of all, my obscenities, and then now this, oh my goodness. But I've conflated, I think, a few people's quotes. But they said, if it's a good godly thing to do, and you think it might be from Jesus, it's still at the very least a good godly thing to do. It's a brilliant way of thinking about it. And I think a lot of the times when I hear something from Jesus, whether it's for my own life or an encouragement for someone, I've even said before, I've been like, hey, this feels like 60%. I like giving them numbers. Be like this, I, I'm like 60% feel on this or have a sense about this, but totally if it's wrong or if there's only a, a piece of it, and just want to encourage you in this. And when it's an encouragement and it'd be something good to say to anyone on a regular day, you're like, hey, I read this in my Bible yesterday. Here's an encouragement. It's not going to be harmful for the body of Christ. If you're giving them direction for their life and you're like, no, you have to be a cop. God told me that's very dangerous. But giving encouragement or or stepping into things that are godly totally need to be encouraged. And I think coming back to the the fearful side and the the afraid and stepping out and Peter actually walking on water. We need to be more encouraging in the body of Christ to allow people to take those steps. And just because they start sinking doesn't mean that they weren't walking at first. And it might just mean a realignment or it might mean, hey, let's do some debrief and brainstorming on on where where those waves were crashing around us and how God might be moving in some sense. So I think in a, on a whole, it's so healthy for the body of Christ to not have this. If you fail, you obviously miss the mark entirely and you pretty much right. sinned. And I've heard that so many times 
in in nicer ways, but it felt like that was the message. Totally, totally. And I think that the other point of clarification, which I've said during the course of these messages, is we aren't talking about living a life of sin. We're not talking about no. if you are, I don't know what, what we want to put in the blank. I'm hesitant to actually name a certain sin because this applies to everything. Yeah. If you are actively engaged willingly, completely willingly in a sinful lifestyle, we're not condoning that. Failure is not that. Failure and stepping out in faith is something different. And I think that if we're willing to just hear that, we we understand that. And so Ben and I both are talking about this idea of chasing the direction of the Lord. And I think those are great thoughts, Ben. And so I think in summary today, we're drawing attention to this idea that their doubt can come into play and this sort of system of the world that gets after us and tries to define what success is and what failure is, you know, it has to be put to, you know, the side. We've, we've talked a little bit about the different voices that um, come into our life representing the wind and, and opposition and that sort of thing. And then we've talked about the idea of Peter's maturity that sometimes he doesn't get credit for yeah, in his willingness sure. uh, to step out of the boat. Were there any other thoughts that you would, in summation, just like to leave with those that are listening today? No, I just want to encourage people to press into stepping out into some area, be sensing what God is doing in your life. And if you start to sink, chat with us, talk to us where we want to hear office at faithhalifax.org. Please send an email. If there's something that you want some encouragement in or some help investigating, maybe what God's doing in your life, we'd love to be on that amazing adventure and journey that God's taking you on. So it's the body of Christ is not done alone. It's a body for a reason. So we would love to encourage you and be in that walk with you. That's great. So everyone, thanks again for listening. And you've heard Ben mention the email. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love your feedback and we want to be praying with you. And uh, we look forward to being with you again next week. God bless everybody. 